The following podcast was made possible by the sponsorship of Teresa Leong Lee and by Catholic Digital Resources, where you can find downloadable faith formation resources and evangelization tools. Visit Catholic Digital Resources at CatholicDR.com to build your own faith and the faith of others. That's CatholicDR.com. Good News Ministries of GNM.org presents Footsteps to Heaven. Life's a journey full of challenges. Sometimes we get stalled. Sometimes we get sidetracked. When we walk with Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit to the destination that God the Father designed for us, the results are better than we could ask for or imagine. And now, here is your host, Terry Modica. In this episode of Footsteps to Heaven, I'm going to lead you through an experience, a type of meditation that takes your sufferings and unites it to the sufferings of Jesus for your healing and for the healing of others, for the salvation of others, for the benefit of others, uniting you not only to Jesus's love and compassion and his feelings for you, but also his salvation plan and what he did to provide salvation to everyone who turns to him to receive it. I'm going to share with you first, though, a story of how I discovered this method of of meditation, this way of discovering union with Christ. Many years ago, when Good News Ministries was founded, that was back in 1995, we had as our first chaplain a priest who had been a friend of ours for 20 years. After he became our chaplain and we began to see him, experience him, know him on a day-to-day basis, we discovered that he was an alcoholic. And that problem, that disease, crippled not only his ministry, but it crippled or threatened to cripple Good News Ministries, and it harmed our friendship. It harmed our relationship with him. And in that, there was a lot of pain and suffering. There was a lot of him rejecting the truth, for example, that I presented to him because he did not understand unconditional love. He had lust for me because he misinterpreted my unconditional Christ-centered love for him. And in trying to help him understand the difference, which would help him to heal and to grow and to become more the priest that God called him to be, there was a lot of of rejection, there was a lot of pain, there was a lot of suffering. And the problem got so bad. His refusal to go on this healing journey was so strong that we eventually had to drop a boundary line, kicking him out of the ministry, Good News Ministries, and kicking him out of our lives. Of course, we told him that if he goes to AA and goes to a therapist and gets healthy, then we would gladly welcome back into our lives and into the ministry. Well, it just so happened that when we 
drew that boundary line, kicking him out of the ministry in our lives, it was right as Lent was beginning. And during that Lent, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, I experienced a suffering and a pain uh, that, that tied me much more closely to Jesus Christ. I discovered that the different ways that I suffered on account of my friend's abuses, my friend's lack of being one with us in the ministry, my, my friend's rejection of the truth that I tried to give him, the betrayal I felt from having this good friend turn against me because he did not want to hear that he was an alcoholic and he did not, you know, he, of course he didn't understand why we kicked him out of the ministry and there was stuff that happened from him in that that it was just also very painful. And the Holy Spirit showed me one by one how the various sufferings that I endured was connecting me to the sufferings of Jesus. And in so doing, I was experiencing a union with Christ like I had never experienced before. I was, even in the midst of of the pain and suffering, discovering that there is a kind of a joy, a kind of a peace that comes from making this connection between my sufferings and Jesus' sufferings. This union of Christ is so powerful, so important, so uniting. I mean, you know, getting that close to Christ is the best thing that you can do. It's amazing, and it provides healing. It's just something that I highly recommend to you, my friend, because your sufferings are going to waste unless you unite them to Jesus And in so doing, unite your soul to Jesus more than you ever have before. I'm going to lead you through a series of ways that Jesus suffered that you too may have been suffering and show you how to connect them to Jesus so that you too can be healed, you too can be consoled, you too can find peace and even some kind of joy in the midst of all the bad stuff that's going on. All right, first of all, think about the first suffering that Jesus endured that that we know about from Scripture. It was when he was in Nazareth after starting his ministry and returning to his hometown to do his mission there. And Scripture tells us he was not able to do but a couple of miracles because of the rejection of who he was, that he suffered there in his hometown. Are there people in your life, my friend, who reject you because you have grown in your faith? You have changed from being the person that you, that you were when they first met you, or, you know, if you grew up with them, friends, family, and you later in life turned your life over to Christ took on ministry, took on morality that is different than what they are used to for themselves and used to seeing in you, they reject you for that, don't they? That feeling of rejection that you have unites you to Jesus. The feelings 
unite you to Jesus' feelings. Now, let me explain about that. If our feelings are, poor me, you know, that's not exactly what I'm talking about. Jesus did not go around selfishly, self-centeredly feeling the pain. Poor me. Although we have a legitimate reason to feel some self-pity because of how we've been treated, think about the ways beyond that that you feel pain. Are you concerned about the people who are rejecting the new you, the, the Christian you? Are you concerned about their salvation? Do you suffer for their rejection because you understand that what they are rejecting is Jesus, that what they are rejecting is the truth, what they are rejecting is something that can make their lives better, what they are rejecting is love. In other words, you know that their lives would be better if they didn't reject you and what you are trying to present to them. That feeling unites you to Jesus in a very special way. When you imagine Jesus there at Nazareth being rejected, do you see him feeling anything? Or have you just thought like I've done as I've read that scripture or heard that scripture? You know, I I just imagine him stoically dealing with it, not letting those people get to him, you know, emotionally and just leaving the town. Yes, they wanted to throw him off the cliffside and he just... He just disappeared from their midst. He, he protected himself, but he just stoically went on with his life. No, Jesus felt things, and he felt them deeply. He felt the sting of rejection, but even more deeply than you do, my friend, because he knows the bigger picture. He knows deep into the person's soul, the person who's rejecting you. He knows the damage that is being done in their souls because they are not open to what you offer or what you represent, the examples that you set. He knows how this is impacting their eternal salvation, and he cares about that even more than you care about that. So yes, when Jesus was rejected in Nazareth or any time during his ministry, he felt grievously in pain because of what damage they were doing to themselves by rejecting him. And when you unite the pain that you feel from rejection to his rejection and his feelings of being rejected, you are united more closely to Jesus than in any other way, in any other thing that you've done. Because you're united to his feelings And you're united to his goals, his mission, and why he feels the way he feels. The love that he has for the people who are hurting you. Let's use some more examples. Another way that Jesus was rejected was when he was preaching and he spoke the truth and some people didn't believe him. The Pharisees didn't believe him, but there were also other people who didn't believe him. Not everybody in town went out to hear him preach. And many who did, did not accept the truth of what he was saying. Because Jesus, remember what he said about the sower 
sowing the seeds on the ground and there's different kinds of soil. The majority of the different kinds of soil do not bear fruit. It's only the fertile soil and not everybody has that fertile soil. Jesus gave that parable because he knew full well what it's like to try to help people and they just don't believe him. So who have you tried to help, but they haven't believed you? Who have you spoken the truth to and they haven't believed you? How do you feel about that? How do you feel for that person's sake? Not just for your own, oh, poor me. You know, I feel I feel hurt by their rejection of, of the truth. But you're also, aren't you, feeling frustrated because that other person that you're trying to help what they're rejecting is something that if they accepted the truth, their lives would be changed for the better. And they're not accepting this truth. Another way that Jesus suffered that you suffer too, have you ever been betrayed by a friend? Have you ever been betrayed? We know that Jesus was betrayed by Judas. And he was betrayed by a kiss. Who in your life is supposed to be taking care of you, someone who is called to take care of you, someone who is called to love you, and they ended up betraying you in some way. That betrayal connects you to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when Judas betrayed him. Maybe you have a spouse who has committed adultery through having affairs or through porn. Maybe you have someone in your life who you entrusted with your heart. You've entrusted a truth to, uh, a secret to, and, and they betrayed you by gossiping about you. That pain that you feel connects you to the pain that Jesus felt when Judas kissed him in order to identify who he was so that he would be arrested. That is a terrible way to be united to Jesus, to be betrayed by somebody. But when you think about how they have hurt themselves in betraying you, that is what unites you to Christ. And in that union with Christ, when you offer to Jesus your hurt feelings, your pain, he can use that to heal you and to do something in that person's life that maybe, just maybe, they will be moved to convert to Christ, to change their ways. You know, we give Jesus entrance into that person's life when they've shut themselves off to him, into that person's life through offering up your own pain, the pain that they have caused you. Does it mean that very quickly, we're going to see them change. But offering up what they have done to you, the pain they've caused you to Jesus, does make a difference. And one difference that it will most assuredly make is in you, in your own holiness, in your own ability to love the unlovable, in your own connection to Christ. You are healed. You are consoled. You are feeling the embrace of Jesus who knows what it's like to go through what you're going through. Another way that 
Jesus suffered that you've suffered too is he was falsely accused. Think about the times when somebody made a false statement about you, a false accusation, blamed you for something you didn't do. When you tried to help them in some way, you tried to speak a truth to them and they didn't want to hear it and they reject you by by deflecting off of themselves and accusing you of the very thing that's going on inside of them. That hurts, especially when it comes from a loved one. When you offer that to Jesus, you are healed and the door is opened for that person to be touched in some way by Jesus. Another way that Jesus suffered that you too suffered is by being abandoned when under trial. You know, when Jesus, after his arrest, was put into trial, who was there defending him? All of his beloved disciples, his apostles who were closest to him, the men apostles, because think about who was at the foot of the cross who did not abandon Jesus. One apostle, St. John, and some women, including his mother. Those who did abandon him when he was in trial, how did Jesus feel about that? Now, he knew that he was doing this in order to accept the crucifixion for your salvation. He didn't want somebody to come to his defense because he knew he had to go through this. He knew he had to be falsely accused, and he knew he had to accept it, and he knew he had to go to the cross because he cares that much about you and about everyone else. But I bet he also felt the sorrow that comes from not having someone stand up for you and come to your defense when you're being falsely accused, when you're in trial. I mean, even when we are facing a trial, you know, a judgment because of something we have done, we still want somebody to come to our defense. When it's something that we haven't done, we definitely want somebody to come to our defense. And when that doesn't happen, or when the people who should be coming to our defense are not, and maybe somebody else is, but there's some other people that you know who should be standing by you and they're not, that pain that you feel, offer it to Jesus because it connects you to the pain that Jesus felt when he was abandoned during his trial. And in doing that, out of concern for the people who have abandoned you, you are healed and you are creating a door that Jesus can walk through to get closer to them. And hopefully they will, at some point in their lives, accept his reaching out to them. Another way that Jesus suffered was he was put in prison. He was imprisoned until it was time for him to to be on trial and until it was time for him to walk that painful carrying of the cross. When you've been imprisoned, doesn't necessarily mean going to jail, a physical prison. When have you been imprisoned in 
the limitations that other people have placed on you? Have you wanted to do something that God calls you to, God has gifted you to do, and people close the door so that you can't do it? Have you experienced the the pain of not being free to be yourself, not being free to speak openly and honestly? You know, walking on eggshells around somebody because we can't speak openly and freely causes some pain. Those eggshells hurt. When we are uniting ourselves to Jesus in prison, because we feel imprisoned, God can do something with that. You are healed and the door is opened for that other person, for Jesus to maybe finally be able to reach them and transform them from within so that they too can receive Christ and his salvation, and his healing. Another way that Jesus suffered was his scourging. How have you been scourged, my friend? How have you been whipped repeatedly for what you believe? You know, for example, uh, somebody who continuously says bad things about you and repeatedly gossips about you, repeatedly turns people away from you, or repeatedly accuses you over and over again, or repeatedly refuses to look at their own pain and they get angry at you because of the truth that you're bringing to them. They are scourging you with their anger. This is uniting you to Jesus and his scourging. And scripture tells us that by His stripes, we are healed. So that scourging that he went through, the stripes caused by the whip that tore his flesh open, you are healed by that. And when you unite the scourging that you endure to his scourgings, by his stripes, you are healed. And hopefully, eventually, by his stripes, the person scourging you will also be healed. Jesus was mocked. How many times have you been mocked because of what you believe? The mocking can take place in a variety of ways. It can be in the false accusations. It could be in people saying, oh, that person, she doesn't know what she's talking about, or she's holier than thou. She thinks she's better than me, or he thinks that he's better than me. The way people mistreat you in a, in a demeaning way, putting you down for what you believe, that's mocking you and that's uniting your pain, your suffering, your feelings to what Jesus felt when he was mocked because he felt the same things you feel. Except for the, oh, poor me feelings, he feels the same things that you feel. Jesus was nailed to the cross. How have you been nailed? Anytime that someone refuses to let you reach out to them with your love, with your help, with your ministry, uh, with your charity, your, your neighborly concern. Anytime somebody refuses to let you reach out to them, they've nailed your hands to the cross of Christ. Or what about your feet? Who has nailed your feet to the cross of Christ by not letting you go where you want to go. 
and not letting you go to them to provide Jesus to them or not letting you go in some direction that God is calling you to do, to do his mission. Anytime you've been nailed to the cross because you want to do what Christ calls you to do, that is uniting yourself to the cross of Jesus. You are with him there. And in the kingdom of God, there is no clock. There is no time measured the way we measure it. In eternity, everything is now. So it unites you to Jesus suffering on the cross on that first Good Friday. And Jesus knows you're there with him. Jesus knows that you are suffering with him. And that comforts him. And doesn't knowing this comfort you? Of course it does. I also want to throw into this any other sufferings that you've endured. The physical sufferings included. Not caused by another person, but just caused by a disease, a broken bone, arthritis, uh, stubbing your toe. The physical sufferings that we go through. We can unite them to the physical sufferings that Jesus went through on the cross and in the scourging, and in the carrying of the cross. Just think of any of the times when Jesus physically suffered pain. You can unite your pains, your physical sufferings, to Jesus in thinking about the ways he suffered physically out of love for you. And you can offer up those pains, asking Jesus to accept that union with him bringing healing to you. Healing, ideally in the physical sufferings, but also, most importantly, healing in your soul so that you grow in holiness and you become a a better friend of Jesus and a stronger instrument for his kingdom. Let us pray now together for the Holy Spirit to come and help you turn all of your sufferings over to Christ and make it into something that truly unites you to Christ. Pray this with me. Come Holy Spirit, fill me. Come Holy Spirit, renew me. Come Holy Spirit, teach me how to unite every one of my sufferings to Jesus himself and what he went through. Holy Spirit, open my understanding Whenever I am hurt, remind me of how I can use this for the benefit of Jesus, uniting my pains to his sufferings of 2,000 some years ago, and offering them up for the people who hurt us. Come Holy Spirit, help me to be able to do that. Come Holy Spirit, you have my permission to change me. Amen. God bless you, my friend. Be healed in the name of Jesus. You've been listening to Terry Modica of Good News Ministries. For more faith builders or to learn more about this ministry, come visit our website at gnm.org. You'll find online resources and lots more to help you know the Father's love and grow closer to Christ and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Visit gnm.org today.